Uh, fortunately, I got the email about preaching. I don't know. I mean, I got it this morning, so we're going to really be going for it. I've actually written a song. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. <clears throat> so, y'all, just a moment here before I get going. Uh, most of you know that we've had a big transition on our staff, and uh, Katie is not on our staff anymore. And uh, I just, it would be wrong for me to stand up here and just pretend like everything is great. I'm feeling great. Staff's feeling awesome. Uh, let's just keep going as it is, you know, and as we have been. Um, I just, for, not for a moment, uh, could I not be transparent about how that feels. Um, it's super miserable. Um, I'm personally grieving. I feel like I've lost a finger, hand. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, I just want to say that. I mean, it's definitely under the current here, and I, uh, you know, so I just want to put that out there. Um, we're, we're a body, a family, and so we're, we're working through a transition, and, and so I want to um, just say that as we get going. Uh, Lisa, thank you for that prayer, as always, that we rely on Christ and we rest on the rock that is Him, no matter what we feel. So, thank you. I want to pray for my friend, Siga. Uh, her sister we've prayed for many times, uh, and she, her sister has um, now just been put on hospice. So it's sort of at that final moment. If you remember, we've lifted her family up and her, especially because Siga is so desperate for her sister to know Jesus. So I want to take a moment as we start and just ask that God would uh, work. And uh, if you would just join me in that. God, we can only come before you uh, pleading uh, for your peace and your mercy. And God, you are the one who has a relationship with each one of us. And God, the fact that we can come to you and know you through Jesus only by faith assures us that even at the very last second of Siga's life, she is still in your hands, uh, still able to come to you. There's nothing she has to do to earn her way into your presence because Jesus earned it for her. And so I pray for her. I pray for peace for her and her family. I know that she is, it seems, uh, uh, wrestled with this in many different ways and for many years, but it's come to this point now. So God, we ask for, for her to come to know you. And I pray that you'd be with Siga and her family. Uh, we love them and we want to surround them uh, and give them, uh, let, let them know that they have a family here with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Well, uh, somber start, but uh, let's just get into the word here. Uh, I want to tell you about something that's coming that I'm really excited about as we work towards transformation and becoming more like Christ and renewing our minds, which this series is about being reminded, which comes from Romans 12, 1 and 2, Tyler read us verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may test and confirm what's the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect, and that's what we're going to look at today. But the process that, that that being reminded, being renewed in our minds is, is something that we also call in the church a big word, sanctification. And that's something where we, we move forward in our faith. We grow. We're not children. We're not always drinking milk, but we're moving forward and, and growing in him to where we're eating meat and, and moving into maturity in our relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, in order to do that, the staff has been really convicted that we need to be growing. We need to be changing 
the body shouldn't look at the staff and the body look at one another and say, hey, we haven't changed in the 10 years that we've known each other. In the 20 years, there's just no spiritual change. That cannot be. So how do we find ourselves transformed in Christ? And one of the ways that that happens is through spiritual practices, like the training ground for being ready to walk with Christ. It's It's that process. And so there are 11 spiritual practices that we've identified that we're going to focus on. And so at the beginning of each of the next 11 months, starting February, uh, we're going to be taking a practice. We're going to have a message about it that will be like a standalone message, and then we'll be back in whatever series we're in. But each beginning of the month, we'll do that. We're going to start with prayer, which the staff has been focused on for quite a while, and we'll move out from there. We'll give you a list and show you what's coming so you can be prepared. And then we'll give you some content and some information uh, and some ways to exercise whatever that uh, practice is. So be looking forward to that. I'm really excited about it. It'll be just this punctuated training that we'll be going through as a body so that we can see transformation in our lives. And again, this message, this series, we're in, uh, this is, I think, the next to the last one. Or, uh, no, we have two more. Uh, but we are talking about renewing our minds, which leads us, is, is part of that process of being transformed. Our body, everything about us spiritually, we're transformed in Christ to become more like him. Let me just read you real quickly again this passage. This will be the third time that I've said, or Tyler, myself, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this process of sanctification is something that brings us from one place. We are, if you're a believer, you've crossed into relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, and you're at the beginning of that sanctification process. You are, you are set apart for Christ. But then we move into this process of growing, which I think we all understand. Paul compares it to uh, training, like for, for a sport. We're moving forward. We're improving. We're growing in him. We're leaving behind old things. We're changing clothes, putting on clothes that are more like Christ. So this is this process we're in, and the renewing of our minds is critical. Uh, when, when my daughter was young, and some of you know Sarah, she's grown up, she's, you know, a 22-year-old, she's mature and, and all that now and on her way, but when she was a little baby, we took her to Maine, and we found out uh, she was probably a year old or less, we found out that she's one of those babies that you, drink, you pray is not on the plane with you. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, please don't let there be that baby, and she was that baby, and we never took her on the plane again. But anyway, that's, that's not really the point. Um, it was just a learning experience. Uh, and we got, we got to Maine, and we're, we have some little videos and snapshots from back then. And one of the things we saw uh, recently is so funny. is It's a little, little video of me with her, and she's a little baby. She's all dressed up, you know, beautiful, cute little big eyes and everything. And she's, she's uh, on this, um, this gravel walkway in front of this house we were staying in. And she's picking up the, the pea gravel and putting it in her mouth. And I pluck it out of her mouth, like Sarah. And she goes, pluck it out of her mouth. Put it in her mouth. Just again and again and again. It was just, you know, it got to the point. I mean, it was, she was doing it so much that I decided to have time to record it. So there is this thing where we are just, we are like spiritual babies. Even when we've been a Christian for a long time, we still return to these things, keep putting them within us that we know better. Okay? Uh, so, 
That's what today is about. We, because we're pursuing transformation, we don't want to be Christians that are growing up just eating, going back to the same old things, going back to the things that we enjoyed or were, uh, we knew were taking us away from, from God before we cross that line of faith. Because we want to transform, we need to examine our lives. We need to examine the things within them, the things that are coming, the things that we're behind, and test and discern within those things. Because when we do that, we find that we are in the will of God. And we want to be in the will of God. He says, when you test and discern what is good and acceptable and perfect, you're in the will of God. So this is less about mm, the big decision, although it may play into that. This is more about what is it that makes up who we are? Is it good, acceptable, and perfect? We can tease these things out and look at them. We're going to talk about that. So how do we examine or test and discern? What are the, what's the process that happens? I want to talk about that with you a little bit today. Three steps to that, at least that I see right here. One is that we want to analyze and approve and adopt. So we want to analyze these things. We want to draw what is in our lives, what could be in our lives, and, and bring those things into the light set them in the light, we're going to analyze them, and then we're going to approve, we're going to set aside what is good and acceptable and perfect, and we're going to gaze at those things. And then uh, we're going to adopt what is good and acceptable and perfect, and in that way we are walking within the will of God. Uh, this doesn't solve all of our problems, it's just a part of the process of renewing our minds and becoming more like Jesus. So uh, analyze, approve, and adopt. So let's talk about this idea of analyzing uh, it, this is a spiritual process. We can't just say, all right, l- this is how I often make decisions when I'm not involving God. Pro, con, <laughs> make the list. Okay, well, this is better, and I like this, and this will help me spiritually. And like, you know, It's not a pro and cons list. What this is is saying, God, reveal to me. Let me see what it is that I need to look at. All of us have stuff in our past, in our present, in, our, in what we're thinking about in our future that needs to be analyzed. It needs to be brought into the light. Uh, So let me ask you, uh, what decisions are you working through? What are some of the things that are going on in your life that really need to be drawn into the light? Things that people have talked to you about, things you know are on the edge, things you know uh, are deeply part of your core that might not need to be there, even things that you think are great. We need to bring those out into the light before God. So Uh, a couple of steps within that, I think. Uh, Acknowledge the stuff that we need to bring before God. And that may be one of those things that takes you right now into a different place and you stop listening to what I'm saying, and that would be fine. Because we need to, to draw those things out so that we can talk to God about them. Ask Him about those things. Talk to God. Ask Him to spiritually inform you about what's happening. And then talk to others. Bring people in that you trust to speak truth to you around this stuff. That's, we're a family. We're brothers and sisters. We need to speak into each other's lives. Now, you don't have to ask everybody. You don't have to stand up here and, and share everything, but you can ask people that you trust into your space. So be sure to go to the right people. Don't just go to anybody. Go to people that are grounded in the word, that know Jesus, that can speak into your life. Sometimes, uh, even things that come to you from outside of uh, healthy spiritual relationships are things we need to hear too. We get battered against the rocks. 
things are hard and we need to listen to every voice that comes and then we need to discern, okay? So you may have heard something you don't, you don't want to hear from somebody and somebody that you don't trust. We still need to deal with that. But when we're pulling stuff out into the light, let's go to people that we trust. Let's gather around each other in confidence and security and, and, and care for one another in helping us examine our, our test and discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. I mean, after all, and this is something we talked about last week, you know, we just, we want what is good and acceptable and perfect. We just want to be sure to have the will of God as our decider of what is good and acceptable and perfect, not just what we want. Sometimes, maybe this is just confession for me, but sometimes I want things that God doesn't want. Every day. Let me read to you something uh, that Paul says in Ephesians. He, he carries this theme out through all of his epistles, but in particular, uh, Romans, Ephesians, Colossians. We'll see a lot about this there in those places. This is in Ephesians 8, uh, and I, I broke it up just a little bit. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. We're pulling out these things in our life and we're looking for the fruit that is good and right and true. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And if you scoot down to 15, it says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? That which is good and acceptable and perfect. We saw in Romans and above in verse, eight, uh, verse 9, it says uh, what is true and what is pleasing to the Lord. These are the things that we're looking for to, to bring out and analyze before him and the light. You know, uh, this, isn't a, this is a similar story to what happened with Sarah, but just the other day, I was, uh, Claire and I just had dinner. We're watching some Netflix show like every night of our life. And so we're sitting there on the couch. I'm like, I need some more food. And so I think, well, okay, I'm not going to go get that huge chunk of toffee that my friend John sent me. Um, I wanted to so bad. I was like, well, I'm going to back up from that. I'm just going to get some applesauce. Proud of me? (laughs) So I look in the fridge because I'd seen it in there. The fact is I'd, I'd actually seen it in there for months. And it was in the back. And it, the kitchen was dim. Reached and grabbed that out of the fridge. Put it, and I get a bowl out. And I'm like, put some cinnamon on this. I'm going to take it to a new level. And I shake it into the bowl. I'm like, oh, that's the end of it. Okay, that's good. There's another thing about the, if you know this, I'm just going to share it with you. I've wanted to for a long time. The applesauce jar is a complete failure of modern science. <laughs> because you get a spoon out and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this. And you want to get the rest. You don't want to waste it. So you stick your hand in there and you're like, ah. And then it's all over your hand. Pretty frustrated about that. But I get it out. I go over. I put some cinnamon on, you know, a little brown coating. I go, I sit down with Claire. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so gross. And there were chunks of something in there that weren't applesauce. I'm like, putting it away. Um, some of you may have been there. Uh, there are things to us that look nutritious in the dark. Uh, when we're hungry, when we don't have the patience to wait, when we don't ask our friends who would have told us, 
that are sitting right beside us, when we only look from the angle of our desire, we need to put all of the stuff that we're putting into us that we're engaging in, in the light with other people. So the first step in discernment is to analyze. The first step of being in the will of God and choosing what is good and acceptable and perfect and right and righteous is to put stuff in the light and analyze it. So then we need to approve what is good. And what I mean by that is like take those things and set them out and put them in front of us. Look at uh, Colossians 3.2, another part of this same theme that Paul drags through his letters. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are of this earth. Set your minds on what is good and acceptable and perfect. So once we pull that stuff out, we're setting it out. And it becomes more about the character of these things than any one decision or the pros and cons. It becomes about how much it is like Christ that we put our, our, set our eyes on it and try to walk towards those things, letting the other stuff fall to the side. Uh, do you remember from uh, Harry Potter when, when they are in uh, their first year and Hermione and... Uh, and Harry and Ron are really, really wanting to be in Gryffindor. And that was, if you haven't seen that, that's like the part of the school, the house of the school. That's like the place to be for the good people. And Slytherin is the place of the bad people. And so there's a sorting hat that is up in front of all of them, like up here. And they're all, all of those good kids are hoping that the sorting hat will put them in the house of Gryffindor. And of course, the bad kids are hoping to be in Slytherin and, and somewhere in between. So... I remember one scene, I didn't go back and watch it, but I just remember one or two of those kids, they're sitting there and they're going, ah, Gryffindor, 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 Gryffindor. Their focus is how to, anything they can do to align themselves with the good so that that sorting hat, which it did, sense the, the person and the character of that person and put them in the house that aligns with their character. Their focus was on that house. Their focus was on what was good represented by Gryffindor. It's the same idea here in a way that we are looking towards and setting our eyes on and hoping for what is good and what is right and what is true and acceptable. We focus on what is in the light. Let me read that passage. Set your minds on the things that are above, these good things, not on the things that are of this earth. It doesn't mean that everything in the earth is wrong. Just Tyler often prays about the beauty of creation and how incredible, and Lisa did as well today. You have given us a glimpse of the goodness of what is out there, not the total representation of who you are throughout all time. But this is where we pull out these pieces we can understand and we set them in front of us. And that's almost why all of us are living Crested Butte, because we want to be where we can see who God is on a daily basis whenever we go to the grocery store or step outside of our door. Focus on what is the light, forgiveness, compassion, kindness, holiness, purity, humility, Focus on these. These are the things that come to the surface of people that are looking for what is good and righteous. And I want to say this on on the flip side. We need to starve what is dark. There's a few few verses later in Colossians. uh, Paul says this, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put to death what is earthly. And that's a pretty strong statement. Put it to death. So what I've been talking about is just set these nice things up in front of you and head towards that. But he says, he's adding like another perspective, put this to death. Uh, I don't know if you have these experiences, if you're married or you have close relationships uh, with someone that you're with a a lot. But I notice this like with Claire. 
we get it occasionally, I create a disagreement. And so in the midst of that, we're having this kind of heated discussion. And I, it's almost like I'm stepping outside of myself during the conversation. I'm going, what are you doing? You know, I'm like right on the edge of myself looking at going, how are you saying these things to her? What is the point of this? We're talking about applesauce for crying out loud, you know, or like the, some, you know, it just, because I hold on so closely to those character qualities, those things that are, don't include kindness and humility, forbearance, gentleness, and those things are part of me. I haven't, I haven't put them to death. They're still a part of me. They should be put to death. But here's the thing. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could be lumped into that. Uh, You know, there there are addictions. There are struggles that we have that are so powerful and are so part of us and so ingrained in our psyche and in the way our our bodies work that it's, we can't just say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna kill that and leave it behind, right? I've been, I've known Claire for 36 years and I still do the same junk. It just doesn't go away like that. Do you remember, i bring up another movie reference, uh, Terminator 2? Okay. Uh, if you saw that, the T-800, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger, comes back to protect John Connor, right? But the T-1000 comes after him, and it's a shape-shifting monster of a, uh, a robot. And, you know, it is impossible to get rid of the T-1000. Like, every time they go somewhere else, it's like he's hooked onto the bumper, being drug along, right? You cannot get rid of it. You can't, you know, this is, this is the thing. It, these things can be beaten. They can't, is the more we focus, these things, we can leave them behind, but sometimes it takes a lifetime to do it. And so we just have to realize are, these are hard things. The, some of the steps we can take are to analyze what is good, bring it out, set it in front of us, and move towards that. We want to get as much distance between us and the stuff that is crushing us and bringing us away from Christ as we possibly can. But let me give you one caveat as I finish up this point. Approving what is good and focusing on those things uh, as a Christian never, ever gives us the right to shame or judge somebody else because we're headed in that direction. And that is the failure of the church. And it's a failure of many of us in this room, including myself. We have hurt so many people on our journey to holiness. I'm going here and you stink. You know, and somehow they've gotten the message of that from us because we're just holier than thou, right? To to use an old term. Um, Guys, when we're walking after these good things, they include compassion and mercy and grace and love and forgiveness night. That's what the world should be seeing. Not us turning our backs on them and rejecting people because they aren't, but like Jesus, who was holier than any of us, turned himself completely towards them with arms, if you know what I mean, outstretched wide. So you may have to find different friends. If you have an addiction that drives you to make decisions that are destroying your life and your family, you may have to make different friends. But that doesn't mean you're judging. We need to make sure that people do not feel shamed by our decision to follow Jesus. It just doesn't make sense. It's this worldly side of the church. We, we just can't, we just, our sin nature is just so deep, goes so deep. It's hard to get rid of the T-1000. <laughs> so analyze your stuff, bring the good stuff out and choose that, approve it, 
And then finally, and briefly, we need to adopt what is good. Uh, Paul uses this other analogy that's really helpful about putting on these good things. It's not like we just act but like on the surface like this, he's saying we're transformed in our spirit, our soul, in our minds. And when that happens, uh, we are choosing to put on these good character qualities that represent the, the Jesus that we follow. This is from Colossians 3. So we're just moving on down in the scripture a little bit. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, these things. Compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. I think this is the most beautiful sort of description of what a Christian should look like. Like, when people come into contact with us, if they don't know Jesus, then what they should see is people who have been putting on, let's just say it's layers. We're all into layers here, right? We've got all kinds of layers. Base layers, and a secondary layer, then a layer under the shell, and it goes out, different glove layers. We get this. Put on compassionate hearts. Then slide this layer on kindness, and then humility, put that on, and then put on patience, pull that on. I miss it. Uh, Humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, put these things on. Forgiveness, and above all and beyond all of these things, put on love which ties everything together in perfect harmony. Now, you have all that on, you're going to look like the marshmallow man, but it's going to be a pretty attractive marshmallow man. Or woman. Put on that clothing. What a difference it would make if that's what the world saw in believers. Right? So... Let me ask the musicians to come on up. Again, we're going to have communion in a moment. So just prepare your hearts as, we, as I wrap this up. Um, without Jesus, we're just putting on stuff. We're just changing for change's sake. That's fine. You can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Those, you know, Jesus is a great role model. The things he taught, the things Paul taught, these are great things. Who doesn't, who doesn't think that it would be good to be someone who's compassionate and forgiving and merciful, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, that's all good stuff, right? But what we're looking for is transformation in Christ, not white-knuckling it to be somebody good. So I'll just close with this. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, which you want to be in, I want to be in, that which is good and acceptable and perfect.